Thank you for listening to InTech Today. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to us in your podcast app. And if you like us, give us a rating. But for now, on with the show. It is the 25th of May 2017 and this is InTech Today. On today's show we look at the Conservatives' plan to build a brand new internet in the UK and ask what the bloody hell that means. We look at how the internet responded in the wake of this week's Manchester bombing. And our techno dinosaur Michelle says she's too scared to use mobile banking but happily deals with her accounts online. We try to convince her that it's all okay. I'm Josh White. And I'm Ed Swift. And this is your no frills, no fuss, low fat guide to the week in technology. It's in tech today. Such happy music to start the show with. I know. It, it, oh. it really just. I mean, we're we're in a new studio for this podcast. Yep. Um, and it just sort of. You know, I, I'm, I'm just really, really hot right now. And that sort of just takes my mind off of that music. So it's 20, I think it's 27 degrees here in Battersea in London today. The humidity is about 89%. Um, and of course, we can't have all the windows open in the studio when we're recording because otherwise um, there are two main railway lines there. There's an A road there. Um, the, You're just the main flight path to Heathrow goes straight over. We didn't pick a great location no, for I think, the studio. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a new studio, so can't complain. Could be worse. Logo. I know. That's For those nice, of you that are watching it? online, of course. Oh, yeah. No, if you're listening to this, you cannot see the logo on the big screen behind us. Just imagine it, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Should we crack on then? We will. And we start today talking about something that, I mean, everyone's heard a lot about this this week. It's the top of the news, particularly here in the UK. Uh, of course, uh, it was Monday night mm. uh, in Manchester. Um, that horrific attack uh, just after the Ariana Grande concert at the Manchester Arena. Uh, we do know 22 people have died. Uh, 59 people in hospital at last count, yep. wasn't it? Yep. yep. Um, but we're not here to talk more about the details of the attack. We're here to talk about uh, how the internet and specifically social media responded to the attack, um, particularly in the first few hours mm. afterwards. Um and, and we'll start with the bad. Yeah, let, let's very qu- briefly cover the bad. I mean, the thing with social media is it's completely unregulated. Anyone can post anything, and people mm-hmm. will retweet it, which mean which gives it more credibility. We'll talk more about internet regulation uh, shortly later in the on. Show, yeah. <laughs> um, but in this case, um, you know, there were people out there that were tweeting saying, "Oh, I'm uh, I can't get hold of my brother or sister. Here's a photo of them." Mm. Um, which you know, in the immediate hours, people retweet that straight away because they think, "Okay, this is legit. This is someone that can't get in touch with their relative who who they say was at the concert." You know, it sounds believable. People want to help naturally, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and then, sort of, as the hours pass, we find out that actually some of those pictures uh, weren't. Um, weren't, some of those tweets weren't true and people were just yeah. trying to boost their popularity by, you know, taking advantage of a tragedy. And that is, you know, that is absolutely terrible. And those people, uh, you know, they mm. are scum. I'm sorry to say it, but they are scum. There, there, there is a, a YouTube personality quite popular in the US. He goes by the name of John, I mm. believe. Um, and he actually makes some quite good content. Uh, he dresses up in a very nice suit and reviews terrible fast food outlets. Mm. 
um, and someone put a photo out of him saying that that they were missing and he was it, it got it retweeted so many times that he was forced to actually put out a video saying um, guys I'm, I'm in the states i'm nowhere near this thing and it and it it, it it doesn't make any sense in my mind why people would would use this medium especially in the wake of something so horrific to, to spread false truths basically yeah and that and that's the thing those false truths go out there they those people that are tweeting it get their popularity, which is probably yeah. what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, they eventually get found out, but they've still got followers, they've still got likes, they've still got all those stats that, that you know, boost their standing in the online world, and people, you know, forget about that. So, you know, it, it's really just a, a vanity thing for those people, and it's just terrible. I think we just, perhaps we just need to remind those people that all those followers and all those likes are just fake internet points, and really, in the grand scheme of life, mean nothing. Mm. That's enough of the bad, I think. I think we've covered that. I mean, we the, have. yeah, the good though, mm-hmm. and we've seen this with a number of other tragedies out mm-hmm. there. Um, but what we saw on Monday night was people tweeting saying, "Look, I've got a room available. I've got a place you can crash if you if you know if you can't." I mean, trains were cancelled. Um, the whole of Manchester was, ba- well, you know, that area yeah. was shut down well, you completely. Ba- you, you basically had more than twenty thousand people piling out of this concert. Uh, Victoria Station was closed. No one could get their trains home. Um, and because the area was shut down, all the car parks were closed. People could not get to their cars to mm. drive home. They were stuck, Yeah, essentially. And we started seeing this hashtag, Room for Manchester, mm. uh, propagate, which was... And obviously, lots of people live in central Manchester. Yeah. Um, and lots of these people put this hashtag out there saying, look, we don't have much, but we've got a couch. We've got a cup of tea. If you need a place to just get away for a bit and, and just stay and wait for loved ones or uh, wait until you can get to your car or wait until you can get out. Come Our around. door is open. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that, that's the thing. In tragedies like this, you know, sure there are bad things on social media, but there are, there are great people out there that are just wanting to help where they can. Yeah. And I think this is a prime example. I mean, we've seen this sort of thing before when um, events like this have happened. We, we saw this in New Zealand when there was a, when there was a massive weather bomb that hit Wellington and basically mm-hmm. cut off, uh, the city from the rest of the region yeah. and people just said okay i've got a room available and they you know they started a similar hashtag on twitter and yeah. as a result you know people who were stuck in the city overnight didn't have to worry about finding hotels you know people were were very generous by just opening their doors yeah. and saying look we're here we're here to help come on in stay the night go to work tomorrow do whatever you need to do but you know we're here to help and i think that really shows that actually there is you know, sure, there are some uh, terrible people out there in the world, but there are actually some wonderful, generous people out yeah. there that will do anything in a time of crisis. And that's the thing. We talk quite often about how there's so much evil online. Mm. We talk about security. We talk about um, phishing attacks. We talk about um, all of those sorts of nefarious things that go on on the dark web and and trolling and, and mm. basic things from awful comments on YouTube videos. Um you know, all aspects of the bad in humanity exist online, but it is heartwarming, I must say, to see at a time like this, at a, at a, such a, what must have been just utter chaos in Manchester on Monday night, um, people using this medium to pull together and help each other out. And it, it restores a bit of your faith in humanity, yeah. I think, especially in the wake of something that might take away some of that faith in humanity. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's it's just good to see social media actually doing something good as opposed to just being slated for once. So it's, it's, not it's a all nice bad. change. Social media, not all bad. Is that your yeah? Takeaway? That, that's really the takeaway. It's not all bad. 
And now we have to um, change your tone. Move on. Yep. And talk about something we've been trying to avoid up until now. Um, there's something going on in the UK at the moment. You might have heard of it, Ed. Um, the election. Not. Oh, yeah, no, I've heard about the election. I was thinking that there was something else that sounds like... But that's another thing altogether. <laughs> oh, Ed. Um, just, trying to, just trying to lighten the mood. So, yeah. Um, but yes, the election. And it's... I mean, we've been talking about how... Well, how... How do I put this? Um... <laughs> The Tories. Yep. Yep, yep. Like to control um, many aspects of your life, especially online. Mm. We've seen that with the Snoopers Charter. Well, we've seen that, um, especially in the last few months in the wake of the... Uh, Man- uh, not Manchester, the Westminster yes. attack. You know, they, they've they been trying to, cra- you know, get a backdoor into various WhatsApp chats to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're trying... Uh, they're trying to, f- you know... The, and, and the under the under what they say is, you know, trying to prevent terrorism, they're trying to gain more access to private conversations, private yeah. details, all that sort of stuff online. Now, I want to be careful here because we're not a political show um, and we don't want to necessarily bring across certain political viewpoints, but it's hard to not get angry. Uh, we've just... There was a logo behind us, but as you can see, we've just lost signal. <sighs> Juan? It's all Juan's fault. Juan. Last time. Um... We've got it back. Uh, again, if you're listening, you can't see any of that, but the, the screen behind us that has the Intech Today logo just went blue. Um, blue screen and, it and is, basically. And said no signal. <laughs> um, but anyway, as a technologist, as a journalist, it's hard not to get quite angry at a particular political party for this proposal. Mm. So basically, uh, last week was Manifesto Week for the two main parties, yep. both the Labour and the Conservatives brought out their manifestos, which, uh, for those of you outside the UK, um, because manifestos really are... It's really UK just a thing, UK thing, really. yeah. It's basically a list of promises. These are the things we promise to do if you elect us. It's the full government. policy. It's not like other election campaigns where they just slowly release policy yeah. over over days, weeks, months, whatever. It's This is the full booklet that says, this is everything. Yeah. Here it is. Um, and there are a few things that are snuck in that... Um, for me, are difficult to agree with, um, especially around how much it might cost me to renew my visa. But that's not for here. That's another part. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we're talking about here is um, what the conservatives want to do with the internet. And this is... Um, the, it was first reported uh, by The Independent uh, six days ago now. Uh, and basically, it, 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 it is that Theresa May, because... They've built this whole campaign around her. Um, every conservative election leaflet you see says... My, me and my team. Me and my team. So it's not... Yeah. So it's, it's all about Theresa May. So she is planning to introduce uh, apparently huge regulations on the way the internet works, essentially allowing the government to have a, the final say in what is and isn't allowed to be said online. Mm. Um, in the manifesto, and this is a quote, and this is the quote I get very angry at, some people say that it is not for government to regulate when it comes to technology and the internet. We disagree. That's, that's just so wrong. The internet's this place of freedom. It's a place where you're meant to be able to do anything and everything. It's not meant to be heavily restricted. I mean, that's what you get in China. Well, and that brings me to my next point. It also went on to say in the manifesto um, that 
the Tories want to allow Britain to become, quote, the global leader in the regulation of the use of personal data and the internet. The global leader. You want to compete with China and North Korea, essentially is what yeah. you're saying, to become the global leader in online censorship. Um, and so some senior Tories did confirm to various news sources that the phrasing of the manifesto does mean that the government wants to introduce uh, essentially massive restrictions on what people are allowed to post and share uh, and and publish online. Um, so we've just had in the last few months the Snoopers Charter come yep. through. Official name, the Inf- Investigatory Powers Bill or Act. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, Snoopers Charter is what everyone calls it. And what that's allowed uh, the government to do is, and this is one of Theresa May's babies, by the way, um, what it's allowed them to do is watch everyone and collect data on everyone. And this is, you know, a couple of years ago when the Snowden leaks first came out and the NSA leaks came out, this is what people were worried about. And of course, all the governments came out and said, no, no, we don't spy on our own citizens and we don't do it in a wholesale way. Mm -hmm. And... Now the toys have come out and said, well, we might as well. Let, let's, let's just start doing that. So now everyone in the country, with the exception of MPs and journalists, those are the two protected classes, um, are being, all of their data is being collected under the Snoopers Charter. So now the, they've got the back end sorted. Mm-hmm. They're monitoring everyone. Now the next step is to lock it down, Yeah, according to the Conservatives. It's just wrong. My only response is, <laughs> we're facing, as a country, and again, I'm going to try not to get too political, but that might, just might breathe, be a bit Josh, difficult. Just breathe. It's hard to breathe in this heat. Um, so, we're in a situation now where the UK, for better or worse, is leaving the European Union. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at things that are going to help this country remain strong economically. You've just used one of the buzzwords, though. Strong. Strong. But it's true. You want a strong economy. Yeah, that's right? true. Right? I, I don't care about strong and stable leadership, to be honest. I want leadership that's going to ensure that Britain remains relevant and strong on the global uh, economic stage. Mm. The internet and connectivity is the economy these days, basically. Yeah. The digital economy is the economy. And you cannot compete on a global stage if you have this other internet just off in the corner that's sort of locked down. Mm. The other thing you lose is companies won't want to do business here, especially digital companies won't want to do business here because they don't want to uh, have to have one product and set of rules for the UK and then something Another for everyone else. else. Yeah. So I just... it again, I'm, I'm trying to breathe. It makes no sense to me what they're trying to do here mm-hmm. and and why they think this is a good idea. I mean, look, looking at what they've said, I mean, they do try and justify it with some... I'm sure they what do. What are some good... What sound on the face of it good reasons? You know, they're trying to stop things like child pornography. They're trying to uh, stop criminal content online. But, mm-hmm. you know... Every other country don't... manages to monitor child pornography and criminal content without restricting how the internet is used. Exactly. The internet should still be free, but you should, you know, you then police it afterwards. You don't lock it down to police it. No. And I would also counter the, uh, and again, it's a, it, it is a sensitive subject this week. And of course, um, the uh, intelligence services need to have some power to monitor uh, people of interest when it comes to terrorism. Mm. Obviously. 
But locking it down is not the answer. And I would say that, I mean, China has possibly the most locked down internet of any uh, relatively open country. And I, I, I say that term loosely, <laughs> but I mean, North Korea obviously has a more locked down internet, but that is such mm. a closed and restricted country that you cannot compare them. China is, is, is a country with a large economy and where people travel around and do business. So China probably has the most limited uh, internet in the uh, established world at the moment. Mm. Um, and yet they still have huge problems uh, with political dissidents. They have they have had some very, you know, some awful terrorist attacks in the last few years. Um, so clearly that is not the solution. No, that, that's the thing though. If you try and lock down the internet, people that are wanting to do harm with it, like, you know, you know, I hate to say, you know, coordinate with other terrorists, do, yeah. do whatever... They will find a way around it yep. if it's locked down. So what you're doing is you're just driving. You're really just driving them away from what you're trying to do. So mm-hmm. there's kind of no point to this. I mean, you know, as an example, people try to, um, you know, lock down video piracy through online. Pe- <laughs> people find ways around it straight away. But then you know, you, governments are very yeah. slow to actually shut down you know shut down ways like that oh yeah you know it's kind of useless but, but it never to do this works. anyway and this is nothing new because i mean the the war on drugs has been going on since the 1920s and mm. you can still find pot on on almost every street corner in europe um quite easily um you know uh, as cigarette and tobacco taxes go up and up and up more and more uh retailers in the uk are actually finding ways to bring in uh cigarettes from cheaper countries in europe and mm. and, and on sell them much cheaper if you prevent people from doing what they want to do, they're still going to do what they want to do. Yeah. So there's no point to this. So it's, like, yeah. it's just stupid. Like I said, we, we, we don't want to get political. We don't want to tell you who to vote for. Uh, we don't want to tell you that we're necessarily leaning to any of the particular parties. But what we do want to say is this particular policy is idiotic and it won't work. And we just don't understand the logic behind yeah. it. I, I can imagine... I, I can just imagine there'll be a U-turn on this at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Already had one of those so far. Yeah, what's the, what's the count at uh, in the last uh, 24 months now? 12? We've had a few U-turns. A few U-turns, yeah. Anyway, um, if you think this doesn't affect you, by the way, um, it does, because part of the manifesto says, uh, quote, we will put a responsibility on industry, so things like search engines, mm-hmm. not to direct users, even unintentionally, to hate speech, pornography, or other sources of harm. So, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, just as a bit of a lighter note on this, if you're looking for your um, kicks one night, um, they're going to lock that well, down. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, you say that's a lighter note, but even that angers me so much that the state can tell me how I want to get my adult entertainment. Yeah. That's, that's not... <sighs> breathe, Josh. Just breathe. It's, you know... <sighs> let's just breathe and move on, shall we? Yeah, let's... Yeah, move on? Yeah. Move on, okay. It's calm. Right. Um, it is everybody's favourite. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. The it music is, um, <laughs> It is everybody's favourite segment. Um, it's when we ask our friend who we call the Techno Dinosaur, uh, and her name is Michelle. And we didn't just give her the name Technodinosaur. She came up with it herself because she is the worst when it comes to technology. The worst. So every week she has a question about technology for us. um, And we 
let her ask it and try to answer it for yeah. it, basically. So, shall we... Let's crack on. Now, before I do play this week's one, um, I haven't actually seen Michelle face-to-face this week, so this was done over the phone. But it still sounds... You'll, you'll understand what she's saying. Yeah. You will. Okay, so Michelle, what is your big technology problem this week? Okay, so my issue this week is I would like to start using mobile banking, but I'm a bit scared, well, a bit scared. I'm quite, I'm very scared about the security aspect. We do online banking with the um, ping it, not the ping it thing, the um, card reader thing. Um, But for some reason... The mobile banking just scared me. It doesn't seem safe. So safe. you, so you, you do use online banking already on on your computer. I do, yeah. Which to me, is safer than using my phone. I don't know why. There's no reason or or, or any logic behind it. It's just, it's just me. So you just you want us to reassure you that it's okay. Yes. Well, I think we can do that. I think we can do that. Is it is, is it as safe? As, as um, online banking, or is it less safe or more safe? What's the deal? I need to know. So, yeah, basically, Michelle, uh, she's with Barclays, which is one of the big banks here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uses online banking, and with Barclays, they still give you one of those old um, card readers that you put your card into, and it gives you a code to enter online to secure it. So she's she's used that for years, basically, yep. because those have been around for a long time. She does have an iPhone. She's got a smartphone. She, does, she uses it all the time for messaging and things like that. But at the moment, she doesn't use mobile banking. And it's annoying her because uh, it means she has to wait till she's home with her card reader to check her bank account or, or find to, an ATM. Or take the card reader with her, which is yeah. not convenient at all because chances are you're not going to really use it. So, so, But I, you, know, you can understand where she's coming from in that she's been told for a long time that this card reader secures your online banking. Um, and then f- to be told, just download this app. You don't need the card reader. Mm. Um, for someone who's not familiar with how that security works, that might seem less secure. Yeah. But we had to tell her that it's not. It is perfectly fine, Michelle. You've got nothing to worry about. So basically, the mobile banking apps from the main banks uh, plug into the same system as online banking. Yeah. So it's exactly the same system. Um, Now, you don't have a card reader, true. But that same level of complex security is now built into the app. So what the app does is when you first download the app and you uh, register that app as... Uh, being associated with your bank account, uh, it's essentially verifies that phone now every time you log in. It's like, right, this is yeah, this is your this phone. Is legitimately Michelle's phone. This is legitimately Michelle's phone. Oh yes, it's it's. Uh, well, I know that she usually logs in in London. Therefore, yep, this is the right area. Um, um, and then it still asks you for uh, your PIN, so you still have to put in credentials to get in. Mm. Um, if I- any layer of that complex security that the banks have put into the app um, is breached, the app will tell you. Yeah. Um, and it'll basically say, you know, there's a er- the security error and we're not going to let you even enter your PIN, usually. So they are very, very secure. So it basically takes the layer of security that the card reader provides and moves it over to the app. And there is also the argument that the app is arguably more secure because it's a lot easier for an attacker to hijack your browser and read your keystrokes when you enter your password than it is for them to hijack a self-contained app. Mm. So it's basically 
it's fine. It's it's probably it's more secure. I'd I'd even go as far. I mean, someone can physically steal that card reader thing, and if they've got your card as well, they're you know you they've kind of halfway there. Yeah. With the phone, not only that, you've got the security on the phone. You've got um, the app. They can't they can't break into the app without um, knowing your it, details. Yeah. Without knowing your details. And if and if they do steal your phone, you can get in touch with the bank and 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 basically lock down access to the to the mobile banking. Yeah. So even if they did get your pin in some other way, and then they get your phone. It, if you yeah, just call a bank straight away if your phone's stolen. That's that's the thing with okay. UK banks though, is that they are so serious about security that even if yeah. one tiny little thing is wrong, they will lock it down. They will call you. They will ask you security questions. If you get one of those security questions wrong, they will hang up and try again. Yeah. Um. You know they they are so um, so good with security and making sure that it's just you getting into your bank account. Yeah. That you know, if your bank is saying this is legit, you should really trust your bank and say it's legit. Of course, that's what Barclays does. Um, there are other banks out there that yeah. do different things. Yeah. Um, I'm with Lloyd's, so for that, I've you know, I can log in on the computer, but then it asks me for three characters from a particular passphrase. Yeah. Um, or if I'm using the app, it will just ask me for some of those characters as well. But yeah. of course, if it detects some dodgy transaction it will just put a temporary block on that send me a text give me a call ask me if if this is legitimately me ask me some security questions you know they are good like that um you know barclays as you said they do have the card reader there are other banks out there that also have uh similar device. nationwide i think is another one with there, yeah and it annoys reader. the hell out of me <laughs> but i haven't i i could get the nation because my nationwide account is not my uh, everyday account um i i don't look at it often so i haven't put the app on my phone yet but yeah. if i did have the app on my phone i wouldn't need the card reader and i'd happily do that um for me i'm with metro bank um, again, I don't know. It's it's probably not that secure that we're just giving out which banks we're with. Uh, this on is the my show, account the number way. here. Um, uh, <laughs> but that's how confident we are in bank security. We're telling you which banks we're with. Um, now, with them and many other banks, um, if you have a newer model of smartphone that has a fingerprint reader, that's that's my security on the banking app. Is I can only get into my banking app with my fingerprint, mm. and I mean that's pretty bloody secure. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you're I, fine. Basically, I, I guess the, the takeaway is if the bank is has tested it, if they're saying this is secure, you should really trust them because they are taking it so seriously. They don't want your money to get nicked any more than you do, yeah. basically. Um, so yeah, if they're saying it's good, it's good. Yeah, I think so. Um, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, the, this segment is not just for Michelle. So please get in touch with us. We're on Twitter uh, at Intech Today Pod. That's yeah, that's us. Um, or Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Absolutely. And that just about covers it for uh, InTech Today for this week. We'll be back next Thursday for another episode covering everything you need to know in tech. Um, but for all the tech that happens between now and then, you can catch us on Twitter like we just said. We're at InTech Today Pod. I am at J-W-O-O-O-T. And I'm at SwiftyNZ, no double O's or simple um if you want to hear more about the crazy big cybersecurity thing that was wanna cry or that massive net neutrality issue in the u.s make sure you listen back to last week's show just search for intech today in your preferred podcast app and that's it we'll see you next week bye
If you've got any questions about the show, or if any of your tech is making you feel like a dinosaur, get in touch with us. In Tech Today has been a production of Parktown Studios in London.